What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 101 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. We had a week off. You know, Pete was busy drumming. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. If, you, <laughs> if you're not a member of our Discord and you're wondering where the heck was episode 101 last week, that one's on me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, the L on that one. My band, uh, Long Friend Time Friend, uh, go check us out if you like punk. Um, we are in the studio right now working on our second LP. So last week I was in the studio all week tracking drums. I'm going back in on Wednesday this week to finish up, uh, and we'll have some new music out. Uh, do you beginning. have a name for it yet? Is it a secret? We do have a name for it, but it is a secret. So I'll tell you <laughs> offline if you want to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to know. Yeah. yeah. But we, we decided on a name the last uh, like last couple of weeks, like right before we went into the studio. We came up with something that we really liked. So we're locked is in. Like that a, is there like a theme to it then? Like is does the, the name, is there a theme to the songs? Are they all like one thing? Yes. But it's not okay. necessarily representative. Of, like the name has less to do with the theme of the album than it being kind of like funny and like in okay. it like yeah. kind of relates to the name of our first album as well a little bit. So we had some fun with it. Okay. Is that another <laughs> is that another Joe Biden joke? Joe Biden falls no. down the stairs. <laughs> the first album was a Rocky <laughs> joke. Our name is a Joe Biden joke. <laughs> we only know how to make fun of things in our entitled apparently. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, big apologies, everybody. We had a plan in place for us to record an episode, um, you know, based on my time, and uh, it just it ended up falling through a couple times, and we were just not able to get it rescheduled in a in a timely fashion. So uh, big apologies for y'all on that one, but I hope we can make up for it this week with a uh, extra special show because we got some we got some good stuff to talk about here, Steve. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, one of my favorite games is seemingly getting a remake, and I can't believe it. And it's it's incredible, right? I'm not. Well, let's not bury the lead, right? There is a rumor that there is a remake of Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion in the works. And funny enough, I believe it was the last time you and I sat down for a proper episode of the show. I think you brought up the fan project of yes, yeah, Sky Oblivion. Yeah, out in tw- sometime in 2024, uh, and it's it's been a, a fan project bringing the entire Oblivion game into the skyrim engine as like a completely playable game from so beginning to end you? all of the missions this is this has got to be the you know this is the next best thing right at least this has got to be i think probably even better you gotta imagine you know? that they're going to be bringing this over to the same engine seemingly it's being done by uh virtuos which is the studio that's working on the metal gear solid 3 remake they also worked on um the dark souls remasters and things like that they're also like they've been a support studio on like dozens of games that you've played like they helped on horizon and uh forbidden west and some other bigger stuff like that um as yeah well. they did like the batman game the starlink stuff over on switch so they, they are like a, a support studio whether their name will even be on this i don't know whether this will just be they're a support studio it's a bethesda game we're putting it out as a bethesda game kind of thing i could probably see it being more like that but allegedly this was this is you know we have no idea if this is true it was posted on a subreddit the gaming leaks and rumors subreddit they the person the, who posted it claimed to be a former employee of virtuous who was was um basically and there's like a few little details right like they were allegedly verified um by the subreddit's mod as actually being a legitimate former virtuous employee so you know 
what the verification is for the gaming leaks and rumors subreddit, right? Like whether or not you take that seriously, whether or not this person could be a former employee who's then making something up or talking about something that was discussed or planned, but might not ever come to right? Like take a big old grain of salt, but where there's smoke, there is sometimes fire. So we, for example, we knew that the Metal Gear Solid remake was coming months, weeks before it actually was revealed, right? Yeah, so, we did. Yeah, Jeff Grubb reported on that, right? And and we knew that that was, that was on the way. We didn't know the name, the triangle. We didn't know the right, triangle. That's true. So, but, but with, <laughs> with that in mind, right? Like, it's like, this, this could totally be true. It could totally be smoke and mirrors, right? So, like, you know, don't... Don't yeah, kill the messenger think, on this one, I guess. <laughs> I think the weirdest thing and the weirdest kind of tidbit about this is that the the alleged developer said that they're working on a pairing system where some of the game's going to run in the original Oblivion engine, and then there's going to be Unreal Engine 5 kind of running on top of that. Presumably, it's going to be like the graphics and physics portion. Yeah. Um, no, they said the graphics and gameplay is done in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, but physics is done in like uh, the Oblivion engine. It's very weird. Like what a weird system. The direct quote is, for instance, new graphics are rendered in UE5 project, but most of gameplay, physics, etc., are still done in. So it's like seemingly it would feel like the old game, but it will look like a modern game, which is interesting. Yeah, also going to be the first time we've seen a game that doesn't look like a Bethesda game. That is a Bethesda yeah. game, right? Because they they always use their own engines. They always use like it's been, recently been just been the creation engine, I think, since uh, Skyrim onwards. Uh, but they also it's going to be strange. They also claimed, see it in Five. They also claimed it would be released uh, by the end of 2024 or early 2025, and they said depending mostly on if it's a remake or a remaster. And like either I mean, way, should, like should you know like, by what now? What does that mean? Did, right. What does that mean? Like if it's a remake or a remaster? That they're butchering together two gaming engines to make a single game. And granted, this isn't the first time this kind of thing's been done. We saw this with the Diablo 2 remake, where they had the old game running underneath at all times, and you could switch back and forth between them. You can even see, you could see the old graphics being rendered. And then they put like a new graphic skin on top, which I think was also done in, in Unreal Engine. Um, so you could switch between the new graphics and the old graphics at any time, but all of the stuff was handled by the original code underneath, so they didn't really need to touch that, which made it a lot easier. Sounds like, to me, dependent. it depends on how, how intense the graphics are, but it seems similar also to what um, we've seen with the, the Demon Souls remake, where they take original code and they add new graphics on top, but the game still feels like the original game. I would say it's closer to a remake at that point than a remaster, but Really, it's just semantics as to what you call it. Yeah, that's such a we we did a whole episode about that, right? About like where do you draw the line? And I think ultimately the answer is different for every person. So it's it's probably mm -hmm. not worth getting into the <laughs> the nitty gritty, right? Where it's like, you know, I feel like if the core code has not changed, it's more of a remaster than a remake. But like where that line is is going to be different for every person, right? Because then there's like examples of games like uh, when they redid the Kingdom Hearts. Uh, at least the original. I can't remember what the situation was with Kingdom Hearts 2, but they lost all of the original code of that oh game and they had, to, they had to remake it from the ground up, but like they remade it one for one. So it's like... So it's still a remaster, really? It's literally a remake. Like yeah. they did remake it, but they intentionally made it exactly the same just with 
fresher graphics, right? So like that is more of a remaster, but technically speaking, it's a remake. So like, you know, it's it's interesting. But to take it back to the oblivion of it all, what like what do you think the temperature is on something like this? Because I'm interested. I've I've long wondered why Skyrim seems to be the game that they go back to. I, 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 like why, why I think... isn't there a remaster of Oblivion? Why hasn't there been a remaster of mm. Fallout Three or New Vegas? Like games that were you know all from that same generation and all I think arguably as influential, if not you know. The, obviously, Skyrim was a breakout success, right? It was a massive game. Um, I think Fallout 4 was as well. I think Fallout 4 really took it to that level as well. I guess. At least for I, that franchise. I feel like the reception of Fallout 4 cooled, though, very quickly. Like, it came out and it was well-received at the time, but I feel like it's not remembered as fondly as the other Bethesda games, you know? Yeah, I think part of it comes down to Bethesda being very protective of their IP. Bethesda Game Studios, not Zenimax. And I think because they're such a small studio in the grand scheme of things, they've only really got capacity to work on one thing at a time. At least it seems that way anyway. Yeah. And they've they've been consumed by Starfield for the last 10 years. They don't have time to remake any of these or remaster any of these. For sure. I would but imagine like, this comes from the higher up. That, why not that we let need to put out. other studios do this kind of thing yeah and maybe it is the precious thing. i don't know i think it's the same way naughty dog didn't want anyone to do anything it's like yeah. that's ours we we own it this is yeah. our thing it's our baby we want to we want to do it. if we're going to do a remaster yeah. or a remake we're going to be the ones to do it i hear you i hear you that makes sense to me it's just it's interesting because it's like i have often wondered that of like why haven't we gone back to the well mm-hmm. on something like oblivion or morrowind or these other games that they, they do that a lot in ESO though, like sure. Elder Scrolls Online is constantly yeah, like, like, oh, we've in, added Morrowind in, we've added Tamriel in. You know, like I don't want to play ESO. That's not the same kind no, of game, neither. and it, it's like no disrespect to ESO, but it's like they don't serve the same audience. And like, no, but I also somebody... want that nostalgia. Like, I want to go yeah. back and I want to do the same storylines. I want to see the Gray Fox. I want to see Armon stuff. I want to see all these right. characters I know. I want to go to that basement with the rats and stuff. You and, know? and just like, I... and just for like the sense of continuity. Right, like uh, of uh, the idea of like if you were one of the millions of people that got in on Skyrim, right? Like, don't don't you want people to be able to like know more about the world and the lore? And like, I just it feels like you're leaving so much of that series on the table and like not giving people ways to kind of rediscover it, right? Because like there are things about those games that have not aged well, just in terms of like when they came out and like. I think with some little quality of life changes, you probably could bring folks back into the fold. Like, especially for, I mean, maybe Morrowind's a tougher ask. Maybe Fallout 3 is a tougher ask. But Oblivion and New Vegas feel like, No, yes, yeah. I think like, Fallout 3, you could. New Vegas, I think, is a tough one. Because that's a game I don't think BGS even wanted made. They were forced to hand over the assets yeah. to Obsidian while you're working on on skyrim we want to put out another but it's like, game. take 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 the l like it's a beloved game right like it's it's one of the most beloved games of that generation and it's crazy to me that it's never gotten the bioshock remastered treatment it's never gotten the skyrim ultimate edition treatment you know and like i think most people would argue it's the best game in the franchise it's a shame yeah, no i think so too i think it's the best game i, I do think fallout 4 gets a bad rap i think though that oblivion 4 
uh, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion is better than Skyrim in a lot of ways, and I know a lot of people disagree with that statement. You're not I alone, hope though. Docs are listening to this one. That's definitely um, not a you know. I I think it's a fairly hot take, but like I've heard a like I. I anecdotally i had dinner with a close friend of mine who's a big gamer the other day and he said exactly that to me, where he loves oblivion and skyrim did not click for him it's the vibe there's so much about it it's set in a different time period hundreds of years prior uh, but i think there's so much context you miss even if you've played uh skyrim and you haven't played oblivion like the fact that it's like by the nine in oblivion and then it's like oh but the the ninth one is kind of was now by the eight in Skyrim, and we don't talk about the the ninth god or the ninth king or whatever. Um, there's so much stuff and so many callbacks to that game in Skyrim. I think it's going to be cool to see it remade and and people who have never played this game because this was like a launch title on the, or at least a launch window title on the Xbox 360. Yeah, it was one and, of the first games I bought on 360. <laughs> yeah, it was, and I spent so many hours on this game, like so, so many hours on this game. Uh, but it's a very old game, and you're right. The AI is not great. The lighting's not great. The physics aren't great. The like leveling system is ridiculous. You can just jump around town, and you'll level up. Just like it's like your acrobatics, <laughs> your acrobatics has gone yeah. up. Your acrobatics has gone up. It's like great. So I can just like fucking cheese my way up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so stupid. So I hope they fix some of that stuff. It sounds like though. All of that weirdness and quirkiness will remain, and it's going to be a new graphical layer on top, which I'll be fine with. It has a new menu system that's less clunky. Maybe it has a new map. All of that stuff I think I'll be really happy with, like new models, new, ca- new you think, character you think models. We're this? You think this is real? Yeah, I do. I do think it I is real. I kind of feel like it... I do too. I don't know why, but this feels real to me. Because ES6 is so far away. Yeah. And people exactly. are ready for another Elder Scrolls. And it's like, bro, you re-released Skyrim like five times. Maybe we go back to the well on some of these other ones. Yeah, I'm saying it's coming. They're saying it's 2024, 2025. Like, this would have been perfect for 2026. That's a 20-year anniversary. You put it out as like a this is our 20 year re- yeah. the 20 year anniversary remake we're going to release the game this is going to be you know some some really special but seemingly not though um, but yeah there was so much cool stuff in that game i i've played this game so many times when it came to game pass uh when they bought bethesda i played the hell out of it again with like all of the cool stuff that they added like the frame rate boost and the auto hdr and all of that stuff um, I just wish it worked better on PC because it does not have controller support and it's a pain in the ass. This is like what I'm talking about too. Like this is the type of stuff where I'm like, you guys gotta get your house in order and like get a a version of this that's playable for modern audiences. You know, like it just it feels it feels like overdue. I think, um, given how much love yeah, there agree. is for Skyrim to not give people the option to even go back and discover what came before, it just feels like such a missed opportunity. But why? But why this one? Why not earlier? Because I feel like I never played Morrowind. I never went back that far, and I'd love to see like a, a ground up. I, I agree. Of that one I guess some there's point. an argument to be made though, right? Where it's like you've only done Skyrim all these times, so it's like, do you go further back to one that's going to take more work, or do you go to the one right before Skyrim, and maybe you can get away with this more hybrid, like it's more a remaster than a remake, whereas like. Three might really need to be remade from the ground up for it to feel contemporary. Whereas 
four, mm-hmm. you might be able to get away with that a little bit, you know? I'm looking up, I was just quickly looking up the engine before we move on. It's made in a weird engine called Gamebryo by a company that I don't think I remember the Gamebryo engine, though. Yeah. Apparently, it's the engine that was made, that they made Epic uh-huh. Mickey with. So, I think that went by the wayside, probably around the same time Epic Mickey did. Yeah, I want to say that they used that for the original Fallout, no? Was that? Yeah, Fallout 3 they did, and New okay. Vegas. Okay. Um, the first game it was used with was a game called Atlantica Online in 2008. No, no, Dark Age of Camelot in 2001 was the first game they used. No, no, no. Oddworld, Dude, Munch's, like Oddworld Munch's Odyssey was the first game in 2001. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay, right. There's so many. They did so many in this, and they and they did Morrowind in it as well. They did some like ports too, like Bully the Scholarship Edition was done in this. Like ridiculous, very random. Oh, and Morrowind is a Ubisoft published game. What really? <laughs> According to this Wikipedia article, I have no idea if it's that, if that's true or not. I mean, that would make sense though, I guess, right? Because that would have been before they were independent. No, okay. Oh, it says here it's published by Bethesda Softworks. What are you reading? Yeah, on the if you go to the Gamebryo page, it the I think the console ports, uh, window the Xbox port is published by, uh, Ubisoft. Okay, well look at that. No, I don't see that. I'm seeing the same. Thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm this on the a... I'm on the Ubisoft press center, and there are there are messages relating to. Oh, I see it! I see it! No, I do. Yeah, <laughs> under the net immersed games, I'm sorry, it was yeah. a second list. That's wild. Well, look at that. We learn something new every day. The Futurama game also made in it, so you know they're in good company. <laughs> oh, I've never played that. I need to. I need to play that. I used to love. I used to it's... love those old like licensed cartoon games. Me so too, it was like a too. Buzz Lightyear. Infinity and Beyond game or whatever that I remember playing as well. That was great. It was based crazy, on the Buzz Lightyear TV show. The crazy thing about the uh, Futurama game is that it's like straight up a lost episode of the show. Like they have the original voice actors of Fry Leela and Bender in the roles, and it's all original. It's a totally original script with original voice lines and everything. It's like a lot different than what you normally would get. Where it's like, damn, like yeah, they really tried to make this a thing. That's kind of cool. What era was that from? Like PS2? PS2, Xbox GameCube, 360. 360. Yeah. Or no, uh, Xbox Original, I think. Yeah. Wow. I never never played it either, but I was I was too young when uh, it was a contemporary game. And by the time I wanted it, you couldn't find it anywhere. So <laughs> I, I got, you know, maybe that's one to play on the old Steam Deck, Steve. Who's, who's to say? Allegedly. Uh, speaking of things that are allegedly happening, um, another game that we're, we at least... I'd be pretty excited for a remake here. We got some rumors about Red Dead Redemption getting a remake. And we've got... This is one I feel a lot more confident being like, this is happening. Oh, yeah. it's There's a re- lot of smoke on their actual website. A lot, <laughs> right? So uh, I grabbed an article from... I'm not going to lie to you, this website. I It's Game VRO or Game VRO. I don't know. Either way, it's probably generated by ChatGPT. Probably, yeah. So you know, uh, <laughs> so but they, they did a good roundup. So thank you, I guess, uh, ChatGPT. Um, or... Really, though, the news is coming from uh, Tez Funds too over on 
over on Twitter. Yeah. The, or the, at least the website formerly known as Twitter.com. Yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna call it anything else. Um yeah, so Tez Tez too is is the leaker over on Twitter who has like gotten most of this this information together. It's not literally the only person. There are a couple other folks um who have like similarly either corroborated or found other things. So um we've got all of the sources in this article down below if you want to go check it out for yourself. Um, but more or less, the stuff that we found is a new logo, right? Um, which is Rockstar Games presents Red Dead Redemption. There's a, a new Red Dead Re Redemption font that was found on Rockstar's website. There uh, was a Korean age rating website that uh, also um, like listed the game uh, as, as being rated. Um, this is something that has happened a lot, right? Like we've had multiple games leak this way because uh, specifically in South Korea, often um, there will be, you know, leaks of, of these games getting rated well before they're announced. And, and that's happened quite a few times. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, there was another source that was cited here where um, uh, Colin Moriarty, who used to work at IGN, uh, was another person who's kind of like similarly to the, um, the Jeff Grubb Metal Gear thing, just been like, I've heard that this is a thing. I've heard that they're actively working on this, right? Mm -hmm. So... This is, like I said, this is one where there is a lot of smoke. So it feels like there must be fire. Not to mention that this game is way overdue for a remake, right? Like, it's never, ever been released on PC. No, it hasn't, has it? And the, the best way to play this at the moment is in, like, backwards compatibility mode on a Series X. Yeah. With, like the xbox 360 version which like right? it's, it's, cool that, that. it's cool that you can do that but also that's bullshit that's the only way to yeah. play one of the best games of all time Forget plus that. like the like, the map of rendered redemption 2 is like this big and there's like a tiny little bit in the middle of it that's like Red Dead redemption 1 so like i feel like they could just take that little bit that they redid for red dead redemption 2 that that little area and just remake the game. And I would imagine that's what they've done, which is awesome. I hope that's what they've done anyway. We don't know if it's a remaster or a remake. We don't know any more other than it's called RDR1 SP or RSP or something like that. Um, yeah, RDR1 RSP. So seemingly that stands for Red Dead Redemption Rockstar Presents. So we'll see what that means. Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be similar to the GTA. I don't think whatever. it is. I don't think it is going to be similar to the GTA stuff where they just took the mobile versions of the games and jazzed well, them up a little bit. But I was going to say, you're right. That was maybe a bad comparison. I think it would be like that in Rockstar is not producing it. It's another team that's working on it, and Rockstar is doing the Rockstar Presents thing because they, they're not actively working on it. No, we're distancing it. ourselves from this that might be a dumpster fire. Okay. Yeah. But I think given what you said, though, right, like there isn't a mobile version of this game to pull from. So like we're, we, we should seemingly we're already in a better position because if the worst case scenario is they take the original, you know, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 version and just up res it and it runs a little bit like that's fine. That's not a I don't think anybody would complain. Yeah, yeah but I can do that anyway with the copy on disk I own from the 360. And like, uh, 
I don't I don't want just that. I want something a little bit more that I'm going to be repaying for, you know? I I agree with you. I also don't think that that's necessary for it to be successful. You just given the context of uh, yeah, what we just I, said, I, I, the I fact think, that like yeah. I think they could just re-release it on PC and it'll be successful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and I think my point is less that I'd be happy with that and more that I'd be satisfied with that if it was like, hey, like this one of the best games of all time is just now more playable and it runs a little bit better and it, you know, it's a little bit smoother and it has some modern day, you know, quality of life increases. That's fine. Like, you know, like I want more than that, but I don't need more than that to be satisfied just because I love this game so much. And it's so insane that you can't play it on steam. This would be such a perfect steam deck game, you know? Yeah, it really would. I think you can you could definitely try emulating it. And I think it probably For would sure. run okay. In, yeah, it's, it's the literally PS3 emulator. Yeah, it's literally doable. But there's no official way, and there should be. There should be a way to play this game. I'd like to see Red Dead Revolver get some treatment at some point as well, because I think <laughs> that game's good. I one like at a time, game. one at a time, Steve. And then when they're done with that, table tennis, because that game, phenomenal. Is it, table is, tennis is phenomenal. Am I the only one that thinks it's insane that they put Bully on PC and never released Red Dead Redemption? I love Bully. I loved, loved Bully when it came out. But, like, Red Dead Bully, was Bully such got a, a mo- bigger Bully game. got a mobile port as well, didn't it? It did, but why didn't Red That's Dead? That's why. But why didn't Red Dead? That's Maybe their it's second not feasible. Most, it's their most second most successful franchise. Like, I... Yeah, Bully was a PS2 game. You it's know, old. same with all the GTA stuff. You're so, right. like, that was probably less less intense. Yeah, on, you're on right. You're right. You probably devices. can't get that game on mobile. But like, whatever. I don't know. It's I think fun. you probably could now. But when they were doing these ports to mobile, no. 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 But now it would be fine. I mean, people are playing Genshin Impact at like 4K on their Samsungs. You know, it's, like, it's fine. Just put it on PC. I <laughs> seemingly they will. You know. Colin Moriarty was saying that it's it's likely going to be announced in August, so we don't have long to wait. That's potentially this month. God knows when this month. Uh, Watch this. It's going to be tomorrow in classic this show fashion. We'll report on it and then be like, by the way, it's announced. Great. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I mean, so, you know, it's it's another it's another one of those uh, those announcements that we can talk about next week. I do like when that happens when we say it's going to happen. We're like, oh, this is definitely real. And then they confirm it because then we seem smart. That's okay. But yeah, I mean, this this one seems more likely than Elder Scrolls. I think I think so. If I'm going to pick if this I'm going to be real. hedging my bets on it. Yeah, this one's there's a lot more. There's a lot more there based on the st- assets on a website. There's seemingly like a seemingly like a news post set up ready to go out for the press release. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there, whereas Elder Scrolls 4 is one person on a subreddit. Who may or may not be yeah, who they say they are, right? Like, yeah. It's like, so we, it's like... But with, with this, we have four separate unique things that point to it being real, which makes you feel pretty comfortable. And again, it, it like not to say that Oblivion doesn't, right? I gave a whole rant about why it does. This feels so overdue, so overdue that this game just never came to PC. Like, you got to imagine it would be a huge seller on PC. All the Rockstar games sell well on PC. Why didn't they do it on PC? Like, they just moved on to GTA? I, I, I think it was a victim of when it came out. Because, like, that was such an awkward time for PC gaming. You know, like, I, I, I think we sometimes forget where at the beginning of the PS3 360 era, there was kind of a lull in, in PC, you know? And, like, I feel like it was a couple years 
into that was- generation where it got more established again. It was pretty far in. It was 2010. It came out. Yeah. I feel like in 2010 that we were getting some some big chunky PC games. Like, didn't GTA 4 come to PC? I think it did. Yeah, yeah and that came out in 2008. So, like, they imported that game, but they didn't import yeah, Red Dead the- Redemption. Why? It's so weird. That's so weird. Is it a different studio? One's Rockstar North. What's Red Dead Redemption? I don't Rockstar know. San Diego. So two different two different studios. So it could be related to that. It just seems so so strange that Red Dead Redemption Two came and went, and we still have just never they've never ever thought to been like, what if we get this game on PC? Yeah, I know. Weird. It's weird. But and it came to Xbox One, but not PS4. That's also weird. Really? According to their website, according to the Rockstar Games website, and maybe this is incorrect. I don't know. It's their website though. It says Xbox One, PS3, and Xbox 360. The I don't know why. Fuck? But that's what it says. Maybe just through backwards compatibility, they mean? Yeah, it could be, but then I guess maybe they didn't update it for Series X at that point. I I don't know, man. I'm deeply confused. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm deeply confused <laughs> by that. That's very strange to me. But okay, fair enough. Point Yeah, being, I mean well, yeah, well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? We're ready for this. We're ready for this one. I think, going to Wikipedia, it's only PS3 and 360, so they must be talking about backwards compatibility. So okay, but in which case, it's also on Series X and and <laughs> I guess PS5 through streaming, which is cheating. So yeah, it's not really. Yeah, that doesn't count. That's not. That's nothing. I can put. I can put my disc in the Xbox, and it works. That counts as running on the console. I think. Yeah, but this game's got a 95 out of 100 on Metacritic, and yeah, it's dude. never once seen a re-release. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, like, it's that good, right? Like, make no mistake, that game, like, you remember, right? I played Red Dead Redemption 2. I like that game a lot. Red Dead Redemption 1 is one of the best games ever made. Like, that's on my top 10, I think. I, lo- I, I love it. that game. I own it, and I've never played it. I think it holds up really well. Um, I think there's things about the gameplay where it's like Rockstar shooting is always a little funky, but like the Red Dead mechanic makes it so much better. And just like, I loved that story. John Marston is such a good character. And like that, the ending of that game is one of the most memorable, well-executed endings in any video game. I think I remember finishing that game and like just sitting there and like having that moment where like the credits are rolling and I'm like staring at myself in the reflection of the screen, just put the controller down, like went st- stood in the shower for like 20 minutes, just like, what the fuck? Like that was, you know, what an ending, what a powerful ending, you know? I, I, I really love that game. I would love for a new generation of players to get another shot at it. Um, Oh yeah, it was definitely a different generation that played it because the number one review on on Metacritic.com is from G4 TV. So it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's, that'll do it. I wonder how long it is. Cause like the it second... can't be that long, like twenty hours. It's eighteen. Yeah, yeah, if you're just trying to mainline it, main and sides is twenty six and a half. It says completionist is forty six and a half. It's not a long game. You can no. do that in a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great game. I really, I really hope, I really hope this is real. And I hope, I hope you try it. 
I think yeah, I think I think a remake or a remaster is like a way to get me to pick it up and play it. It's an excuse. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, it's back in the conversation again. I can play a more modern version of it. I don't have to jump through like hoops with emulation or get an old copy and you know, like I think it it for obvious reasons it breathes new life back into an old IP. Um so it would be cool to see that game get a moment again. Mm-hmm. So I want to use that as a jumping off point though, Steve. Right, because we're we're talking here, talking about these two old games, two games that you and I have both already played, that we already love, have already left their mark, and we're very excited to go back to them. Theoretically, my question for you is: Do you think that this push that we've been having more recently to have all of these remakes, these remasters, kind of going back to the well on these classic IP? Right, we had. The Resident Evil remakes the last couple of years, we had four this year. We've had, we had Dead Space earlier, earlier this year. We had uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. We had a whole episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about how many, if not all, of the top-rated games of the year until Tears of the Kingdom came out were remakes, were old games coming back, yeah. right? And that's not always a guarantee. We've, we've looked at plenty of examples on this show of games that have been remade and scored lower than their original version. It happens, right? But generally speaking... You go back, you remake a classic game, whether you remake it or remaster it, you can take it to the bank, right? It's going to have a certain level of success. It has a certain amount of a baked-in audience already. It's looked at as a safer bet. And as we are moving into, you know, whether or not you want to believe my government or not, I guess, uh, as we're moving into a recession, right, and we are seemingly going to be in this era where Companies are more risk averse. Consumers are maybe want to go with stuff that's tried and true. Do you do you think this is a problem for like our AAA games, single player AAA games in a healthy space right now? Or do you think that like this over reliance on remakes or or visible franchises is is that something that you worry about? No, I don't think so. I actually think it's I think AAA game is in a really good space at the moment. I think we've had like a bit of a renaissance with single player games. Look at the stuff that the respawn's putting out. I think EA has kind of really pivoted back to single player. I think Microsoft is really focused on single player and and, and kind of trying to take on Sony with some of their acquisitions and, and um some of the stuff that they're they're developing in-house. But I also think that these are just like an inevitability. They are, because we seemingly have moved away from big DLC expansions, we moved to those like little mini in-between games, which I think was a good a good way to get teams working on something and pushing something out while they're preparing the next project. That's what these are for. That's what these are. Or they're, for, they're just something to put out in between to tide fans over while we're spending 10 plus years developing a AAA game, because that's how long it takes now. And especially something like a, a Bethesda game or a Rockstar game where they take a long, like long, a long time <laughs> to make. Yeah, like a decade. Even though, you know, in the case of Rockstar, they've got multiple studios. In fact, you know, Rockstar North's working on GTA. Rockstar San Diego's working on the Red Dead stuff. They've got other studios dotted around um, supporting them. There's a lot of people working on these games. And I think remakes and remasters enable enable them to stay afloat the company gives the developer something to work on and it also keeps fans happy you know i I think i think there's there's different cases right like there's there's different there's there's like a spectrum 
like you've got the final fantasy 7 remake which is like uh oh this, we're really reimagining this and we're gonna milk the hell out of this how one do you game take something old and make it new decade, again? yeah yeah and then you and then you've got like the the remaster seemingly like what elder scrolls 4 and, and red dead redemption is going to be which is we're taking something that you know you have nostalgia for that you love and we're just going to add new life into it we're going to maybe spice it up a little bit with some quality of life improvements and make it look nice make it look like a current gen game but it's going to play like you remember one you get the nostalgia audience you get the people who played it before and love it you get the people that that came in on a sequel that never played the original like they played skyrim or they played red dead 2 and they want to go back and play the original and see where it started but maybe it feels too old for them you know that's a 20 almost a almost a 20 year old game it's like a ridiculously old game in the grand scheme of things i can't believe how old i feel when i say it's 20 years old <laughs> um so i think i think it's an inevitability and it doesn't make me worried at all i i think there's a space for both there's a space for for games as a service for free to play and the space for these giant single player games that suck people in for 70 to 100 to 200 hours yeah it's interesting i think broadly Speaking, I agree with you um, in that I don't I don't necessarily worry yet, right? Um, I think particularly this year, right? Like so many of the hottest games that we're looking at that we're thinking of as game of the year that are, you know, breaking sales records and all that, they are single player games. And even with something like Tears of the Kingdom, which is like in an established franchise, it's new, right? Like it, it, it's, yeah, it's Legend of Zelda, but this is the most different Legend of Zelda maybe ever, right? Uh, you know, a couple, maybe other examples you could argue, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Tune into Nintendo Noise if you want me to make that argument. Um, I, so like, I see that side of it, right? Where it's like, we have a lot of really good single player games and, and, you know, we're in a healthier spot than we maybe were a previous generation or so ago. But I think the area where I get worried feels dramatic i guess but like where it gives me pause is at the end of the day every organization has a limited amount of resources and every time you say yes to one thing it kind of automatically makes you say no to something else right and i think there are examples where that's not a one-to-one thing i think of the situation with um the last of us comes to mind for me right where like the report my understanding right of how development on last of us part one went is that the team that are the coders the you know gameplay design folks the the boots on the ground right we've read time and time again right and jason trier's book uh is is a great place to go check it out right either press reset or um, blood sweat and pixels where generally speaking after a big triple a game ends a ton of people get laid off right? Because there's a period in development where you need to ramp up and you need more people. And then as you transition into pre-production on your next title, you don't need that many people on the ground. You don't need that many people um, on staff. And it's expensive to keep that many folks just sitting around holding their hands, waiting for the next thing to come through. So if you can have a project like Last of Us Part 1, where you can take those folks that had been working on Last of Us Part 2, and while we work on pre-pro on last of us part three or the last of us multiplayer game or the next new ip from naughty dog all those folks that would have lost their jobs transition over to the last of us part one they work on that and to your point sony gets a small in terms of effort 
right? Low effort, high reward release that didn't take the same level of investment or time as a normal AAA game, but gives the same return on investment, right? Like it's probably so, a greater it's, return on investment. Probably a lot better, of, actually. yeah. Yeah, because, right. and, and I think you can then use that to offset the cost of development of the of the original game of the Last of Us Part Two because we've Correct. reused the assets. Because there was, there was never going to be a DLC for that game; it didn't need one in the same way that the Last of Us Part One needed one. Uh, and that's what DLC used to be for. It used to be to reduce the cost of the development of these games. We can continue to add to it. We can eat more stuff out of it. We'll sell these season passes historically right get them to not sell their copy back to gamestop and then undercut sales well that's why we had those stupid, not as much of a problem these days but... those stupid codes in the box uh-huh. where you was like oh you can only get this if you bought the game brand new and type the copy. code in and then you had to like see if you if you ever bought a game used it was like oh, have i won the lottery did someone redeem this and put the this code, in? yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it was the ea's play online pass bullshit that uh-huh. i hated the most but they did it with plenty of stuff though i remember it was like dragon age origins there was a, a dlc character that you would get if you bought the game new and if you didn't you'd have to pay to get that dlc and that so was like stupid. but like honestly i don't hold that against them because at that time gamestop was really cannibalizing game sales in a way that was super toxic to the industry like fuck gamestop right like i don't care if gamestop exists i care if uh like if there are a million copies of dragon age that got bought used that's a ton of money that got taken away from the studio that would make the next game right like that's not good right so it was a a different time but point being when you look at examples like that that works for me that makes sense to me when you look at the example of like how pokemon handled doing the uh you know and whether or not you like those games, how you thought they came out. That's a different conversation. But having a different studio do the Gen 4 remakes. Right? I mean, that's like, seemingly what Oblivion is going to be. We've got Virtuos right. in. And that's what Sony have done for years with Bluepoint. It's like, oh, we want to remake sure. these games. We're going to get a studio that only does that, that so, this is their job. And that's where you get into this weird dance, though, right? Because it's like, okay, if you're outsourcing the work, is the team that you're outsourcing it to good enough to produce the quality that you're looking for like because i want a red dead redemption remake i don't want a busted one that doesn't work or that is an inferior version yeah i know that that very much depends on the team if it was red dead redemption remakes coming and it's rumored to be done by blue point you'd be like oh shit i'm on board for this right you wouldn't be like yeah this is gonna this is gonna be great this is gonna be slam dunk point being though right like for that to work, it requires a publisher to either own a studio that can do that, like Sony bought Bluepoint, or to have an ongoing relationship with a third-party studio that you know can deliver quality, which is a harder equation. So then, like, you come to this thing of, like, okay, then, like, do we do it in-house? Do we try to control the narrative that way? And, like, that's all well and good, but then you can get into that situation of, like, is this remake getting made instead of a new project? Is, is this is a are we now making a new entry in an existing ip versus taking the gamble on something new or doubling down on something that we tried and maybe it went okay and the reason i bring this up is just this week right we had a story uh that was making the rounds that apparently there was a um a sequel planned from ubisoft for immortals phoenix rising right which everybody remembers that was that breath of the wild style game that they had made they had a bunch of the team that were like assassin's creed veterans that wanted to go work on something new so they made this offshoot studio they make this new game it comes out it does pretty well right seemingly anyway heavily inspired by breath of the wild sure which fair enough right like that's cool Mm -hmm. 
um, they were trying to do something different and establish a new IP and, and kind of go in a different direction. And like seemingly, right, it was reviewed pretty well. It was pretty crit- critically well received. I don't know how well it sold. Um, but probably the be... same way every Ubisoft game that's not got Assassin's Creed or Tom Clancy on the front. Not very well because they put it out and within a month it's like half price. I just then, don't understand that studio. And then like now, right? Like that game that there was there was a sequel that was in active development. It was supposed to be had a focus on Polynesian gods. Uh Steven Titillo over at Axios is like talking about it and has heard about it. Apparently it was being handled pretty well. It seemed promising. Yeah, sounds it cool. was coming along. And now it's it got axed, right? And it was one of those games that they canceled. And, you know, from what they understand is that like it's because they're doubling down on the IP that already work and that they're taking that team and they're putting them back on Assassin's Creed. They're going to be working on you, you Assassin's think that's Creed the real Red. narrative? Or do you think the narrative is Ubisoft lost so much talent that they really needed to reroute the limited resource they have nope. back to what they know works? I'm sure that's part of it, but I think it's I think it's a multifaceted issue, right? Where it's like, okay, we put out this new IP and maybe it performed okay, maybe it didn't, but like a sequel is usually where you find people, right? The first game comes out and it's received well. Second one comes out, does a little bit better. Like that often happens, right? We just talked about about the Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah. Morrowind, critically really well received. Oblivion, critically really well received. They sold fine. Skyrim was the breakout and it was the third entry on that console, right? Like that, that was a, a franchise that they were able to iterate until they got to the Zenith where like it became what it is mm-hmm. now and like the idea that like oh you didn't nail it on the first one we're gonna put you back on assassin's creed that i think does speak to what i'm talking about with this you know era right now that we're kind of approaching where like games cost more than they used to inflation is hitting everybody hard and they have less money to to throw around on you know recreation and like, are people going to take the chance on the new IP? And I don't even just mean the publisher, right? It's it's consumers. Are consumers going to take a chance on a new IP? And if somebody like Ubisoft is not willing to invest in building up an IP like that, the answer is probably no. They probably won't. They won't. And I think to- that's the problem. It's not willing to invest in it because guess what? Guess what? There are so many people willing to invest in a new IP. We're all going to be playing Starfield next month. We're all really excited yeah. about that game. And that's because we trust Bethesda. We trust that they can make really good games in this style, this open world style. And they've shown us so much good shit from that game. Whereas Immortals kind of came and went, you know, it landed with a bit of a thud. Yes, it maybe had a a little bit of a a good critical reception, but I don't remember anyone talking about it. And it could have been that it was released around other games that people were playing and, and it got lost in the kind of, um the noise but yeah i just i don't i i don't know i don't i don't know what's going on at ubisoft i think i think the recession does make people risk averse triple a was always about risk rather than quality it was always about like oh we're gonna take less risk that makes this a triple a game or a double a game we can be a little bit more riskier with it but i um i don't know what i don't know what is risky like is Sony investing in live service risky because that's something new to them, or sh- and and leaving potentially single player behind? That seems really risky to me, rather than I the other so. way around. Yeah, like I do think that's that's risky, and I I think it's a choice that probably made a lot more year 
more sense a couple of years ago when they started yeah, the same like, way psvr2 probably made more sense yeah. a few years ago yeah and that's the problem is that like when you have these massive companies like making a decision you can't turn on a dime right like if when you're playstation like when you invest several years of r&d into this vr headset and then the market changes it's like well what do you do you you put it out and you take the fucking l you sell as many as you can sell and you leave it in the dust and like that's what they're gonna do and i have a feeling that this live service thing is going to probably go the same route unless that's their expectation is like, look, we're going to invest $2 billion to develop 10 of these games and nine of them are going to be failures. And one of them is going to be the success that pays for the next round of them that we try. Maybe that's okay. If, if that's their mentality and they know that some of these games are going to go, go belly up and they have a plan in place to not lay people off and not have, you know, a studio's livelihoods be connected to whether these games are successful. That might be, that might be legitimate, right? Like that, that could make sense. If you do get the one Fortnite level hit, you make your money back on the fucking nine games that didn't hit. And maybe they think that makes sense. I don't, I think that seems like a huge gamble and the idea, and it comes back to what I'm saying, right? We know from their internal documents that the plan is to invest up to 60% of their development budget towards these live service games that could mean a lot of thing though things though right we know they're increasing their budget by two billion dollars overall anyway so like does that mean less single player games are getting made yeah, it's got to mean less it's got to and, and, and it's like not definitively not a huge percentage less but i think yes right because at the end of the day that's two billion dollars you could have spent on a single player game that's two billion dollars you could have spent on the the style and pedigree of game that place well, we know how much they for. cost now yeah, right 200 million they're like they're like yeah 200 million so that's 10 single player games right. you could have made. and it's like that could have been building a new studio that could have been adding a couple hundred people to a team like insomniac or naughty dog or santa monica so that you can increase the output right we know Insomniac has a third game in development now, we know. Um, they could be doing that at all their studios. They could be trying to build them up and be able to get them to work on more projects at the same time. They've decided that they're going this other direction. And it's just, I don't know. It's interesting because I, I think it's a multifaceted issue. Like at the, at the end of the day, I think that you're probably right. I think that like AAA games are overall in a healthy space and that like the vast majority of, you know, um, the studios that are putting out that caliber of games, a lot of them are successful and they're finding audiences and they're getting critically re well received. Like it doesn't feel like we're getting as many something like Deus Ex Machina, like from the 360 PS3 generation where it was like so critically well received, but it sold like ass and it just died. Right. Cause it was, Oh, you know, just didn't have the juice. I feel mm -hmm. like we've been on a better side of that the last couple of years. Right. There's, less hope high profile like outright failures and you know whatever but like i look at all of this and it's like wanting more remakes and remasters wanting to bet on live service wanting to bet on existing ip that you already know is going to sell that i really don't want to see AAA get to the place that hollywood's in now where there's just this kind of dearth of anything in the middle Right. And it's the only stuff that can survive are these major megalithic blockbusters. The, and the then, Barbenheimers, yeah. 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 Exactly. And then like your little art house films, right? That like, you know, they have their own audience and like that's fine. 
That's what indies are. Yeah, here's a four by three movie with like weird color scheme that everything's centered. And it's just like I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to see. And I think a lot of people hold the opinion that that's already what AAA games are like—that they're homogenous and they're this and they're that. I don't think they are. I think we're in a spot where there, there's a pretty good breath and it's pretty healthy. But I worry. Uh, I think that studios are going to get away from that. I think studios themselves get pigeonholed, though. I I think that, you know, we saw that with Gorilla pre-Horizon. They were the Killzone studio. We see that with uh, all sorts of of places, right? Rockstar was the GTA studio until they did Red Dead. Um, Bethesda was, or they make Elder Scrolls until they made Fallout. And, and And same with Naughty Dog. They were the Crash studio for a while. Then they were the the Jack and Dexter studio for a while. Then they were the the Nathan Drake studio for a while, and now they're they're, they're the Last of Us studio. And I don't know what what comes next. I, I seem like it's probably the Last of Us game, and I'd like to see a new IP from them. I think that's what happens, right? They get stuck in a rut, and I think it's because these games take so fucking long to make that they're just like so far down the pipeline. By the time they realize that no one actually wants this game anymore, and Ubisoft has fallen foul of that so many times, it's like, oh, we're gonna chase games as a service, and then everyone's like, yeah, but we don't actually want that anymore. Like, we're really sick of games as a service, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we've already made it, so can you buy it anyway, please? That was a whole thing too, right? Because there was that moment where like games as a service was the most dominant thing, and they had a ton of these games, and I remember a bunch of them. People were like, "Oh yeah, that game came out and failed," and like they didn't. They were making tons of money, and they were like quietly successful. But like we've moved on from that, and there's only a couple games now that I think can really support the audience that they need to to be profitable. And like you get to a point where like years and years and years and years in, it's like. If I play Destiny and that's the game as a service that I play, am I really going to stop playing Destiny to go jump on something else? Am I going to stop playing Fortnite if that's what all my friends already play? Like, the answer is no, you're not. Or you're all going to stop and stop for a month. You're going to go play something else for a month and check it out. And then you'll hop back Like over. everyone did with Apex Legends. And then you're going to go straight back to what you were playing. And then, like, you might get a lucky break with something like Apex Legends where, like, you're able to establish enough of an audience that it can survive, like, between big updates and stuff like that. But, like, look at Overwatch. Like, look how ubiquitous and popular Overwatch is, and now it's just nothing? Like, I don't know. Hey, it's coming to Steam. Maybe it will be something again. We'll see. At some point. But it's, it's, uh... I mean, that's on them for fucking out. We did not need an Overwatch 2. No, you're right. We just did not. But I, but... I think it does speak to the idea that, like, there's this idea that, like, if you get the games as a service thing right, that you'll be like, we'll make a Fortnite or a GTA online, and it'll exist for 10 years, and it'll never stop making money. And it's just like, I think that's the exception and not the rule. And I think planning to try to make something that is the next big thing is a fucking fool's errand. Some studios seemingly are able to do it, though, again and again and again. And I don't know why. I mean, who can do it again and again? Who, who has that many, like, examples? I mean, I feel like Blizzard multiple... was that for a while. It was like, oh, sure. we got Diablo, we got World of Warcraft, we got Overwatch, and Starcraft, all of them were slam dunk, Starcraft. And then every, every single time they put something new out, it was like a slam dunk. Overwatch 2 seems to be the dud, but Diablo 4 was seemingly a return to form. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's interesting. Like they're right? able, they're, they just, they're able to do it. And that's I also, think Bungie is able to do it as well. That's I think also like the only thing that those companies do. Which yeah, I think also and I think that's fine. Different. I think a lot of these studios need to focus on the niche, right? 
You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into we're only going to make this one game ever. But Bethesda, everyone knows what a Bethesda game studio game is. You go, Bethesda made this, and you're like, oh, it's open world. I can go around. There's so much immersion. There's all sorts of shit I can pick up and like do. Yeah. And I'm going to really be in on it for like hours and hours and hours. And we can do that with a different skin on it. I think that they I have... know what a Ubisoft game is. It's uh, I'm going around and I'm checking boxes. Sure. Yeah, for the single player stuff anyway. It's interesting though too cuz like I think when you look at some of the like more recent failures, I think a lot of the problem is that though. Right? Like you said like oh like these studios get pigeonholed and it's like I think like you need to pigeonhole yourself to be successful in that arena. Like you need to be like we're Riot Games and the thing we make is League of Legends. And like yeah, now fucking how many years into them existing they're making new games. They're making these single player indie games that star their characters. They're working on a fighting game. They made the, you know, the. Then maybe maybe, we, maybe we need sub brands. Like maybe. Ubisoft used to but, have sub brands for all their studios. And it's like, oh, we're going to call you Ubisoft Milan and Ubisoft Paris yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I feel like what you have to, because I, I think that's the thing EA I worry about with that. Sony, right? Like you look at Sony, that's the thing I worry about where it's like, does Naughty Dog want to make a multiplayer game for the next 10 years? Like, is that what they want to do? Like seemingly I, it was like they were up yeah, for the challenge. And I, I, I don't know that they are now. Like that tweet that they put out, it seemed yeah. to really kind of backtrack and be like, oh, we're going to work on something else and we're going to kind of go away and see if we can make this work. Plus, I think by the time that game's out, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, remember The Last of Us? That was fun. Like, are we going to care? I don't know. Cause it's, but it's also like that IP is so strong. If it comes out and it's good, I think people will care. But if it comes out and it's mid or if it's like, yeah, comes you're going only... to get that perfect. And it's like, that's another interesting question is like, is that part of the problem with this model? Is that like the ex expectation is that it goes on forever? Like, could you have these kind of games where it's like, it's for a year and that's it. And it's done. Right. Like, and maybe that's, that's good enough. I don't know. But I don't, I don't, I think it's complex and it's we're at a point with it where like the next couple of years I think are going to be really interesting to see like how these trends play out and like who are the winners and losers and like on these bets because like it feels very tumultuous some of these think, decisions. Yeah, I think Microsoft is going to be the overall winner. They buy everyone, but um, and I'm really worried about some of the Sony stuff like None of those live service games they showed off at that pre that recent presentation spoke to me. I was just no. like, I don't care about any of these. It looked bad. Just show me more single player shit. That's all I care about. That your uh -huh. studios do. Yeah, I'm right. But I get, that I get that. I get that. That doesn't make them money. They've got the possibility of losing Call of Duty in ten years. They need to figure out what they're going to replace that with. What's the next big thing? FIFA doesn't exist anymore. It's called like EA Football Club. So it's just like. Is that really going to be sticking around at this point? What is the next big thing? And I think Sony really missed out on a lot of them in the past. With They really missed the, the boat on live service. They don't have really a single live service game. And I think they just want one that brings in revenue and people are really in on. And it's like exclusive to their platform. Um, but they also own Destiny. So at the end of the day, they're kind of winning in that that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know. It's going to be interesting because I'm with you where like I, that it, it feels like such a risk for them to do this at this moment in time. And I can't imagine looking back and seeing this and being like, oh, wow, you know what? This was the right call. But I hope I'm wrong, you know, um, and I hope that. I mean, I actually, I don't know if I hope I'm wrong, because then do they double down on that even further and I get less of the games I actually want from them? I don't know. But 
Or does that give them so much more money that they can invest into more of those games? And they can just like? write blank checks and it doesn't matter if they're successful. Because, because I do think Sony cares about generating new IP that they can use elsewhere as well. Like the TV shows and the movies that they've been putting out have been successful for them. They want to keep doing that. You know, they own movie studios. They want to use that IP outside of games. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. So normally this would be, I would do plugs and then we go into the back half, but the show's over now. We got to go. So, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the housekeeping and then we're going to end the show, everybody. Sorry. Uh, I should have paused this at some point, I guess, but we were in it on this one. So I, you know, I hope, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, so let me remind you that this episode of the Cliff Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of July. For the very last time, they are Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Sobe, Snack and Go, Ty the Dude, and Waka Hula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. Y'all are the reals to the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to be a supporter like they did and go and get your name right on the air, get the show early, get a bunch of other good perks and goodies, guess what? You can do that by heading over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to our Patreon, our Discord, our email address. If you want to show your support, you want to keep the conversation rolling between episodes, you want to write into the show, however you choose to get involved with us here at Flipscreen Games, that's the way to do it, flipscreen.games. That's our website. Go over there and click on some stuff. It helps us out a lot. And guess what? It doesn't cost you anything to click on things. So just go click on some stuff. You know, helps us out quite a bit. So uh, do what you can. All right, Steve. Great episode. You nailed it. Yeah, it's good to be back. I, yeah. I had a good time. Good. Reunited and it feels so good. So everybody, we have a bunch of questions in the question block for next week. Uh, so we're, I, I got to tell you, we're like this close to a primo mailbag episode. So write in with some more questions for next week. And if there's no big news, Maybe we'll just do a nice meaty mailbag episode. How's that sound, Steve? Yeah, it sounds good. I was like answering questions. Me too. Ask, right, ask it... silly things, anything. And, yeah. and I know we need to do another trivia episode at some point. Everyone keeps keeps hounding Zaid in the Discord for another Guys, we ju- last week was the first one. We <laughs> yeah, need a couple weeks to get another one together. <laughs> <laughs> the folks did love it, though. So if you haven't checked it out, go yeah. check out episode 100. We did our Jeopardy, Jeopardy episode. And if you missed episode 100 of Nintendo Noise, make sure you go check that out. We did our top 100 Nintendo games of all time, and people are divided. Yeah, go check it number out. one, <laughs> number one game, Picto Chat for Nintendo DS. Really great game. What an really upset. great. What Everyone an upset. loves it. Yeah, number two, Nintendogs. Who would who would have believed it? <laughs> anyway, uh, go check it out. Thank you guys again for your support. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, thank you for understanding about last week's missed episode. I promise it won't happen again. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week, babies. Mwah!